welcome to our podcast, The Millennial Girl Way, the podcast that highlights real millennial women doing the damn thing by turning their dreams into reality. Joining us for today's episode is Erin Winters, the founder of her very own digital marketing and video production company, Erin On Demand. Erin puts her talents to use by helping entrepreneurs and business owners bring their businesses to life with their creative content and strategic ideas. So Erin, why don't you tell us more about your background and how you got started in the digital marketing and production industry? I was like, um, I just got my degree. Like, I'm not about to move back home with my parents, um, you know, working at a credit union that doesn't even require the degree I just got. Uh, I'm trying to go to New York or L.A. or something just more alluring. Yeah. Um, but I ended up moving back home, and it was probably the best decision I have made just for myself, for my career, um, and everything that kind of came from it developmentally. So um, I was managing their blog and their website and their um, and their social media and their YouTube channel, just trying to get young people to have a better grip on um, finances and how to manage their money. And so um, that is really when I was introduced to digital marketing, because from that, their numbers literally skyrocketed. Um, oh, wow. So when I, when I left, um, Michigan first I actually that's when I applied for the contest at National Geographic to be their digital correspondent and um, I ended up winning I, I over 600 applicants and I ended up making the top three and then I won so I moved back wow. to DC um, to be the digital correspondent and literally the job that I had before that as the spokesperson mm-hmm. set me up for that job at National Geographic because I was literally doing the same thing and that's why yeah. I always tell people like don't get so caught up on like the title I mean like the title or the credentials that like or the company name because um, it's the skills that you're building that really really matters Definitely. so um, after Nat Geo ended um, that was a 10-month contract those are temporary positions um, I was in limbo like I was applying for jobs and I was trying to figure out like okay what is my next step I'm sick of like these one-year 10-month like you know temporary contracts like I need something that is long-lasting and sustainable, and I was applying for jobs everywhere, y'all, like, I'm not going to even front, like, I was ready for entrepreneurship, like, I, I was, it was, I thought it was still premature, I'm like, I need more experience, or I need more this, and more that, um, but really, I had, like, quite a bit of experience, and so that's when um, I kind of decided to take the leap, um, especially when one job that I really, really wanted ended up falling through. I kind of took that as a sign, like, okay, Erin, just go ahead and get started. So that's what I did. Okay. That, I mean, that's uh, quite a story, you know, the highs and the lows, which I feel like, you know, a lot of people do have these experiences where, you know, they kind of had this idea about what they were going to and then things mm-hmm. just went to, you know, went a whole different way. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, you had this great idea to, you know, kind of go out on your own. What was your first execution step with that? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, my first execution step was registering for an LLC. Um, I just kind of wanted to, the first thing I did was like, I registered for an LLC and I checked like all the social media to see if my name was taken. (laughs) Um, So that really honestly like was the very first thing that I did. Um, And then after that, I will say I really did brainstorm. Like I spent a lot of time just um, writing things down in prayer in you know, just 
constant like reflection mode um, and just trying to figure out like what problem do I really want to solve with my business? How can I create space for myself in such a crowded internet era? Um, how can I like really just be different? And so a lot of what went into it, honestly, before I even did, you know, the, the, the registration and the, you know, checking my handles and all that was really like the mental work and just um, kind of putting together, you know, the skin and bones of my business. But honestly, it's it's nothing, not really what it looked like when I first started. So, <laughs> um, you know, you kind of go in with one expectation and um, even like how you just said, you know, you, you think you're going to be something um, in life and things change. That's the same thing with business. Like you think you're starting a certain business a certain way and then um, it just kind of takes a, a different shape than you expected so um, yeah I would say that, that was the first thing I did though just really internal work. <laughs> I wanted to point out something that you said that was very important and you say you brainstormed on what actual problem you wanted to solve for other people and I think that's really important because sometimes we forget that maybe we do want to offer a service or we're interested in something, but we're not really solving a problem for other people. We kind of take it on as some, you know, this thing that we want to do, this thing that we're interested in, forgetting like the actual business aspect of it. So I, you know, I think really important to kind of point out. Um, and, you know, based on the testimonies that I've seen, it seems your dedication to helping other businesses grow does not go unnoticed, you know? Um, what was it exactly that intrigued you about the journey of other entrepreneurs? Um, well, honestly, when I was working at Michigan First, when I was working at Fox 2 um, in my internship, just in all of my experiences, I felt most drawn to the stories of entrepreneurs. Um, and I always felt like storytelling is, it really is the backbone of marketing, of relationships, of sales of anything, everything pretty much boils down to storytelling. Um, and so mm -hmm. I just felt like a lot of entrepreneurs had really compelling stories when I did interviews with them or, you know, just sat down and had conversation with them and they weren't telling them. Like I would go to their site and see like, okay, there's, they literally have no video content. Their about page is boring as ever. Like, what <laughs> are they doing? You know, like how are they sharing with people like this stuff that I'm hearing? And so that is kind of what fired that inside of me that really wanted to help entrepreneurs. And then just to be a part of somebody growing something and pretty much like helping us grow in our community, help grow in um, the economy and just like seeing how much um, something that I can contribute to someone else's life can not only impact their life, but impact like their um, business and their community. So it, it was just like a trickling effect. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's something that I always think about when you're creating content um, and developing these strategies to help other businesses grow. How how big of a role does you being an entrepreneur yourself play into that um, and kind of help, you know, give you your ideas? Yeah, um, it helps a lot because I can understand how more of how business works. Of course, I'm still a baby in entrepreneurship. Like I <laughs> have only had my business for 
a little over a year. And so, um, you know, I'm still a baby. So there are things that I am, I'm still in the seed planting phase. I'm still in the learning and observing phase. Um, and I don't, I don't ever like want to, you know, jump past these phases because it's all, it all works together. And so, um, I, I, I do bring that into my, into, you know, my negotiations or into just how I, you know, work with people. I'm big on customer service and mm-hmm. um, just making sure that people feel like they have my undivided attention. Um, I think that customer service is just such a big way to express like your care for your client or your customer. And so that is something that I'm really, really um, adamant about and just over executing because I know from a customer um standpoint when I feel like a business is um going above and beyond for me like I'm gonna you know tell people about it I'm gonna you know refer them and I'm gonna you know maybe shop them out on social media or whatever and so the only like it just works in your favor when you can (laughs) think of yourself on the other side and be like okay this is what I need to implement into my business because not only is it helping the people but it's just going to help you way more um, and you will have a lot less work to do when you have your customers or clients really doing the work for you. Right. Yeah. You know, with the the customer experience, um, something that I always think about, especially when you're in the creative field, is how do you deal with the, and I don't know if you feel pressure, but the pressures of having to deliver customized um, content to your clients Is there that worry, like when you first send it out, you know, what are they going to think? You know, is this, is this exactly what they wanted? Um, I don't think I have that anymore. I may have had it a little bit in the very beginning. Um, but for the most part, I'm very comfortable and confident in the, the work that I can produce. And so Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily feel a pressure in that sense. I think, um, there is a certain level of maybe nerves if it's like this is my first you know corporate client like then that brought some right. different type of feeling or um this is like you know if I got signed on for a full campaign where it's like a series of videos that you know it's just something different then mm-hmm. it's like okay um <laughs> you know it, it does put you in a different mind space but mm-hmm. um, I think for the most part, like really strong communication and then having like with being in the creative field, I think people do always have something in mind. So just being able to get that out um, and see how much you can get out of like how much I can get out of uh, potential before they sign on just to get their vision, mm-hmm. um, you know, having them send examples, having them, you know, kind of walk me through what their ideas are. So that way you know, they're not getting a project and I'm like, and they're like, oh my God, this is nothing like <laughs> what we had in mind. Um, but that, that's a great question because, you know, you never want that to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's just about communicating really strongly. Right. And, you know, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit, you know, so you, you started your business and then, you know, what was your process of going out and kind of finding those right clients for you how did you get your first um corporate deal and uh client um what was that process like for you yes so when I my very 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 first client was actually a family member 
Um, and I, but what I did a lot in the beginning was I was like, first of all, I was like really like looking at people's websites and looking at how they told stories and seeing like what hole they had. And then I would try to reach out. Um, I did reach out to some family friends about, you know, doing the video for them for free or at a very low cost. Um, And that was like something that I did in the very beginning, just to kind of build up my experience, build up like just those soft skills that you need as an entrepreneur that you really don't know you have until you like start using them for yourself. Like it's different you know, when you're working for somebody else, but when everything is riding on you, you know, you don't want to clam up. Right. <laughs> you just got to, you know, <laughs> keep it going. So um, it, it was good for me to have support in my community to be able to like use, you know, businesses as kind of like guinea pigs. Um, but my first corporate client, I think, I think it was TV one. And that was, um, that was big for me. And I got that client from a producer I worked with at National Geographic. So she pushed nice. them wow. to me and they, I, I mean, y'all, I have not talked to her. I hadn't talked to her in years. Um, since I left Nat Geo, um, I hadn't mm-hmm. talked to her, but that's what I, I always preach on my channel. Like you have to make a lasting impression on people because when they say we yep. actually look at a black history series and we want to have a young black women producer or a videographer doing this piece uh do you have anybody in mind like you always want to be on the top of people's minds yep. um and so mm-hmm. I just make it my point to you know make a lasting impression to smile you know to not just talk business with people but actually like ask about their families or ask about their personal lives or if you follow them on Instagram like oh girl I saw your wedding yesterday you were too yeah, <laughs> right. you know like give a little email like you know how are the kids how's the summer going you know like mm-hmm. I mean it's it's like it's in good spirits and it's not just as a manipulation factor but it's like it does help you stay on top of people's minds. And so um, I, a lot of my clients are referrals, like literally any of the big clients that I've had are either um, businesses or places that I've been in the past. Like I, um, I did want a video from my old high school um, and they're, they're a great client, Um, you know, just people that I, I've been in, in contact with and then from there it has expanded to word of mouth and then my YouTube mm-hmm. channel and um, people finding me online more yeah. is you know starting mm-hmm. to kind of snowball into my business as well. Yeah I, I love that um, you know I know for Shay and I that's a big focus of ours right now especially is like networking and just you know not just like you said, just for business purposes, but just getting out and meeting other women because our platform, it's tailored for women. Um, You know, two black women looking to create a community with other young black women, like we recognize the importance of having to kind of step outside of our comfort zone and connect. And I think that, you know, when you're starting a business, it's, it, you're right. it, It is just you, you know, you have to create that network, um, of people who will not only show you support, but, um, you know, they may present you with a business opportunity that you would have never even um, come across had you not, you know, met that person. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, in saying that, 
as someone who acts as kind of like a business advisor, how important do you think it is for a new entrepreneur to maybe have a mentor or someone that they can reach out to for that advice? And, you know, I know that that's a big component of what you do. Yeah, I think it's, I, I do think it's important. Um, I don't think I really had a mentor um, and I still don't, but I use a lot of people that I, I'm inspired by and they're like my virtual mentors. Like mm-hmm. I would probably never reach out to them unless we <laughs> kind of cultivated a, some level of a relationship yeah. um, before I just message them like, hey, can you be my mentor? Like da 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 <laughs> Um, I, I will honestly, you know, want to see if we're a good fit for each other because everybody is not, just because you see them doing maybe what you want to do, that doesn't mean that they're a good fit um, for, you know, mentorship for you. So right. um, I definitely say having like reading books, like using authors and like resources like that as your mentors, or even people like use me as a mentor through my YouTube videos. But um, you know, I, I, it's very difficult for me to take on, um, mentors right now because I'm just, I feel like I'm mentoring 24 seven, you know what I'm saying? Like right. YouTube and then my e-brand club, my membership club, um, that's like way more hands on mentorship and it's $20 a month, but, um, the members get so much um, out of the group, I do weekly live lessons. I do like Instagram audits, social media audits for their YouTube channels, and I watch their videos and give them <laughs> critiques. And you know, it's like it is constant mentorship. And so, um, I think you know you have to be creative now with how you um, kind of throw around the term mentor because um, it, it just it can be frowned upon to somebody who have put in so much work and then a lot of people are starting to think of um mentors as somebody who can pretty much like give them all the you know like give them all the answers basically <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. pretty much ride on their success so that's why I, I encourage people like when they ask for you know you know if someone can be their mentor I'm like start trying to build a relationship with them first. Like see, mm-hmm. you know, if mm-hmm. you can't even get a 15 minute call with them or if they will respond to your emails and like see if, you know, like they can meet for coffee for a few minutes or if there's something that you can do for them. Yes. Um, if, mm-hmm. if you can provide something for them and that opens the door for some level of an exchange um, and then see where that takes you. But um, I definitely don't encourage people to just reach out for um, mentorship in in a un there there is an unprofessional way to go about that. So. Right. But yeah, <laughs> it's definitely important though. It is important, and and like I said, I seek mentorship through books and through you know my mom and through business owners that I know. Um, mm-hmm. If I have questions or um, certain things that I want to get a better understanding of, I will reach out to people I know. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, some famous or less well-known person. Um, it can be anybody. Right. Yeah. And I think that that aspect of knowing that 
maybe it's important for you to always kind of bring something to the table and, you know, exactly. help someone else out as well. And it can be a mutual exchange of, of benefit. Um, because I think yeah. that, you know, sometimes a lot of people just look at a mentor as like, oh, you know, they're supposed to just be handing this information <laughs> down to me. Right, and, exactly. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not thinking about the, the time aspect that someone has to take to even give that advice. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So, you know, going back into, you know, what you do specifically, video content is kind of your end all be all, you know, you focus on that very heavily as far as having that as a way that you can connect that businesses can connect to their audience. Um, and so what made you want to focus on video content specifically? Were you finding that there was more engagement, more, um, customer conversion kind of what, what drew you into that? Yes, yes, yes to all of that. Um, <laughs> video is where the internet is going. It's where the internet is. Um, for the most part, like we are consume, we we consume more videos than pretty much anything. So, um, video content is definitely the most engaging form of content. And so, I always encourage people. I, I don't care what you're doing. If you have a blog, if you have social media even if you have a podcast like there you have to be like you need to do something with video in order for your engagement to um really grow like I always I always say like you look at video with your eyes you hear it you can read it if there's text on the screen um so it it naturally pulls more of your senses in and that's why so many people are just so obsessed with Um, watching video and that's why so many of these brands are creating video it also does lead to way more um, sales conversions than any other type of content so with that and with you know talking to entrepreneurs I'm like dude if you don't have any video content um, you are losing money period and so I I see that as a huge gap especially for small businesses who uh, may not have the resources to create videos who may not have the, even the knowledge that video content is necessary or may not know what to do with video on for their business. I just saw it as a tremendous hole. And then with my background, I mean, I, I have a lot of experience in front of and behind the camera. So um, my knowledge of video storytelling is pretty um, is pretty robust. So I just saw it as a good fit. Yeah, and I I think that is definitely true. I think, you know, that's a skill that for myself, I wanted to improve on and probably need to look to someone to do that for us as well. Um, But, you know, in this social media world, I feel like we always have to kind of figure out that that way to really connect with our audience in a dynamic way. You know, people want to see a good, clean product that, you know, shows that you have a little bit of personality flair but also in a way that you know kind of as the business owner gets uh, our products across and so I think that you know you focusing on the video content is just amazing I see some of the things that you have put together and Mm -hmm. I mean I just want to give you a hands up yo thank you oh thank you so (laughs) much yeah and I mean it takes it's and I think it also is good to kind of find your just your zone like there I can't do it all you know like I can't do it all and even with video like at this point I have to contract a videographer an editor you know um I can't do all the work and so I had to find like a shooter who's better than me you know editor who's better than me because at the end of the day like 
I am good at the story. I'm good at interviewing. I'm good at getting the story out of people. I'm good at the scripting. I'm good at making sure everybody on their job when we get on the set, um, <laughs> you know, I'll be having my little clipboard and my pen ready to go. So, um, you know, that's what I am good at. And once you start realizing that and you, you know, you're not a money hog and you actually want your Mm -hmm. business to grow by investing in other people who can help you um, or other resources for your business, then then that's when you really start to see the growth. And that's when I started getting bigger clients. And, um, you know, once my work looked like, okay, a corporate company could actually, you know, hire me for this. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we were kind of going to get into that, the the aspect of having a team. Um, so you do have a team? No, I don't have a team. So I have, I contract people you out. Contract. So, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I do contract-based work, but I will, I need a team soon. <laughs> so um, <laughs> hopefully next year I will have a small team um, because I, I, I need it. But even, but you know what, that's, that's, I think that's still a a good um, aspect to have as far as, you know, a business and understanding, you know, right now I can't have a full team, but give me some time and I'll have one. As far as like Mm -hmm. finding people who you contract out though, that's still something for our listeners that I feel like they can gain some clarity on. How do you go about finding people to contract work out to? Um, well, I see their work. So um, I have reached out to people and, you know, we've met and discussed and um, tried to see if we were a good fit. I have worked with some contractors that I probably would, they were their very last resort. <laughs> um, because, you know, sometimes once you start working together, you just realize that <laughs> they are, they just aren't a good gotcha. fit for you. Um, yeah. And so the, the complex with contracting is that, you know, they are basically like freelancers. They're not like, they're not yours. So, you know, mm-hmm. they may have other projects going on, but you still have your client and your timeline and all your things that mm-hmm. you want to get done. Um, so there has to be very, very good communication and they have to be just as passionate about your project. Um, and that is super important. The um, the contractor that I work with now is literally excellent. And she actually reached out to me because she saw one of my videos, one, the very first video that I produced, um, she saw. And she was like, oh my gosh, I would love to work with you. I'm a videographer. She sent her stuff over. She was like, you know, <laughs> let's meet, let's go, you know, chat, whatever, whatever. And I love mm-hmm. that she was a woman and she's a videographer. And so um, right. we chatted and like, I took her on a shoot with me and I was like, okay, I'm take a risk and see how she do. And she did a really, really great job. So um, there are certain things that like, to some degree it's going to be a risk, but I would say just keep your eyes peeled for people who um, you think you can work with. Follow people on Instagram, use social media. Like I feel like people use social media so in like such a self glorification way that they forget mm-hmm. it actually there to connect with people that you do or don't know and so like you can use that and message people and actually ask like can I or do you need or um let's meet up or I love your work keep it up you know just kind of dropping nuggets in here and there to people that you admire so when a project does come up you know y'all aren't like complete strangers and you know meeting for a coffee and like discussing certain things isn't so far-fetched so 
um, yeah, I, pretty much through social media and just connecting with people whose work I've seen or who has have seen my work and we just kind of click. Okay. The, the networking coming into full play yet again. <laughs> yeah. Growing your Right. Yeah, yeah. Building relationships really <laughs> mm-hmm. is like the, the, the root key. of creating a successful business. Um, yeah. And that's why you don't see CEOs like actually doing the work. They're out there networking. They're talking to people. They're, yeah. they're, they're making those connections. And that is um, the piece that I think a lot of people are missing or overlooking um, with business, you just are so wrapped up in your own stuff that you forget that it takes other people um, to <laughs> actually help you build what you're trying to do. Yep. Right. So true. Um, so I know that you're still in the early stages um, of your business. So far throughout your journey, have there been any notable obstacles that you've encountered? Um notable obstacles I definitely significantly undercharged like thousands of dollars before um, for a big company because I was just I just wanted the work like I wanted Mm -hmm. it and I was like and I and I didn't really have a frame of reference like pricing is such a taboo thing like nobody talks about how much they actually charge um and so it can be you can really shortchange yourself. And so that is something that I definitely did. And I'm like, dang, I still could. Sometimes I still look at my account and be like, dang, I could have a whole nother, you know, couple thousand dollars up in there. But it's okay. Mm. I'm going to give it back. But yeah, so that's definitely something that I would say was an obstacle. Another thing is just like the mental shift. And um, just, it's just such a mental shift and there were times where I just didn't I didn't know if I was on the right track I'm like what why am I putting myself through this Lord like (laughs) this is just this is just so much like and it's very very taxing on your your psyche and so um, I just say another thing is just getting over the mental hurdles the fears um, and you become a lot more risk resistant as you go along like like I just posted the top three challenge on my Instagram page and that was like something I just thought of for the moment. And, you know, I was like, Oh, what do people like when, when you start getting too deep in your thoughts, you got to just execute. Cause I'm like, what yeah. if people don't really like it that much? And what if that, da, 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 and you start thinking and then you block your blessing. So I just had to, you know, go ahead, post it. And as you, as you go further and further, you become so much more risk resistant and, um, you know, you just kind of are able to make a lot better of choices. Um, and then the last thing I would say is I literally walked into a meeting with, um, it was a pretty large company, and the guy literally walked right past me. He just didn't even know that I was who I was. Oh. And, um, you know, that was just kind of something. And then I made, um, I made confidence in entrepreneurship. It was a video on my um, YouTube channel, and that video, like, I probably get the most tags um, and just like the most messages from people who have seen that video because um, it's just really talking about how um, to just carry yourself as a young black woman entrepreneur who, mm-hmm. you know, people underestimate. You just constantly mm-hmm. have to over, over execute. So um, 
that I mean it was like a small but mighty thing that just was a perspective changer for me and just yeah. kind of yeah. um I don't know just it just you know you you have to just keep your head held high in those kind of moments and I thank you for mentioning that because I feel like you know we do always have to keep ourselves super confident you know we encounter so mm-hmm. many people and and situations and things that can kind of you know demoralize us and make us feel like oh maybe I shouldn't be in this room you know Mm -hmm. am I am I you know do I have the capability to get this Mm -hmm. done complete this and so I think confidence and entrepreneurship is such an important topic yes yeah I and it's funny I was just um I was watching your YouTube video about when to know when it's time to quit. If you're really ready to just, you know, jump and dive feet in, into entrepreneurship, because I know Shay and I, we always talk about like, okay, well, you know, we have our nine to fives, but when are we actually going to just make our business um, its own thing? And so just thinking about being an entrepreneur and not having that nine to five, something that I always wonder about is this living a life of being your own boss, right? You have no one to answer to but yourself. Um, You kind of get to choose what you want to do for that day, what you need to focus on. Um, So I guess my question is, how do you stay focused and motivated um, when the day is literally yours? You know, when it's it's up to you to decide what's going to get done. Uh, I will say this and kind of debunk the myth that you are like, you don't have to, to, you know, report to anybody and all that like you do. If, if you are a client-facing, um, if, you're, if you are a service-based business, you absolutely do. Like your clients or your customers are your boss. Like you have to be on it. And it's, it's almost like juggling a whole bunch of bosses at one time if you are, you know, a, service, a service-based business. And so I do have to like make sure I'm on it with, you know, corresponding with my clients or, you know, following up with them, um, making sure they receive their projects by deadline, um, making sure that, you know, my contractors are getting the work done. Like, those are, like, even though the day is, like, it's perceived as if the day is yours, like, you have to report to a lot of different people and and juggle a lot of different hats. So, um, it, it really, honestly, is more, uh, you have more to cram into one day, at least (laughs) I do. Um, and, and, and it, it becomes challenging finding the time to actually, like, do the things you super 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 like want to focus on because you're you're juggling so many other things which is when you should know that it's time to start hiring people or bringing on you know help but I would say that structuring my time what has really helped me um is doing my top three like I literally prioritize the top three things every single day that I need to get done and if I get those three things done I feel I feel good about life and I, I just had to stop boggling myself down with long to-do lists, crazy schedules, like, you know, and, and I realized that my productivity method would really execute more because I'm honestly a procrastinator by nature. So um, I, I realized that doing, you know, making my planner look all cute and doing, you know, trying to have like a big calendar on my desk with color-coded <laughs> pens and all of that stuff, like it just didn't work. 
because <laughs> that was really a distraction from yeah. actually doing the task. Mm-hmm. So um, once you kind of pay attention to your own patterns um, and you self-improve constantly, then it, it becomes easier to manage the day. And yeah. I'm trying to get better systems with my days by like the first week of every month. I'm like batch recording YouTube videos. I literally just prioritize the three things. And then if I can fill into the rest of my to-do list for the day, um, Mm -hmm. then that's even better. But I just try not to put so much pressure on myself to get a thousand things done in a day to where if I take a little more time on one thing or something comes up, then I'm like, oh, shoot, I, you know, I didn't (laughs) do all of these things instead of, okay, I got these things accomplished and I feel good. So um, right. So yeah, that has been a huge help for me. And it, it really is like in my day in the life videos, um, I get so many people saying, oh my gosh, I do top threes now and my productivity has completely transformed. And that's mm-hmm. why I started the challenge um, that I have now going through the month of October, um, the top three challenge. Um, and it's literally like a calendar and every day during October, there is a different top three list that you should make, whether it's for um, goals you have for the end of the year, for the rest of the year, since it's the, you know, the beginning of the fourth quarter, um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, things to do for the month, or goals to write for the week, or whatever, so um, it's really fun, and there's, like, hundreds of people participating now, so that's super crazy to me, it's, like, (laughs) mind-blowing. I am one of them, (laughs) and and I was actually... I just saw your post and I like saved it really quick. I was like, okay, this looks good. Yeah, because I'm also the type of person that will have like this long laundry (laughs) list of a to-do list every day. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you get to the end of the list and it's like, oh, I didn't finish, you know, half of it. And I just feel like, I feel like, you know, you just feel down because you didn't get. You don't feel good about yourself. Yeah. So I think that's important. Just three, three big ones that you're trying to get done and get it done. And that's that. Yeah. Um, so what piece of advice would you give to ladies looking to get into this field specifically? I would say, I would definitely say build your skills, um, because this is really a skill-based industry or like profession and um it 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 takes a level of of a high level of knowledge um even when it comes to just storytelling like the really bare basics of storytelling and um I can always tell like people who are storytellers just from one like their audience engagement and just um you know, how they interact with um, the people in the community that they're creating. And there are many people who probably look at me and say like, oh, I want her YouTube or, oh, I want, you know, you know, my life to be like hers every day or, oh, I want, you know, whatever. Like they look at what I post and think um, and want that. And I would say it takes a lot of time and, um, for me, building this whole company and just even um, with YouTube, it's like when I got on the platform, I had like six years of experience on camera in the profession, doing digital marketing and like doing um, video work. And so yeah. um, I, I would say definitely build your skills and don't um, don't like try to fast forward that process. And, you know, it, it's 
it's going to take some time. And I'm still learning. Like, I am still learning every day. And I think if you have a, a learning mindset when it comes to this and staying up on um, marketing techniques and storytelling techniques and um, different, um, you know, just thought leaders in the industry and using that as inspiration and not as like the Bible, because um, a lot of stuff in, in the field is just dated or, um, you know, it's like somebody's perspective. It's not necessarily right or wrong. So I think just, you know, being well-informed, but also knowing how to um, form your own style and opinions and like um, tell stories in however way you see um, is fit for you. I think that that's really the best thing that I can say because it is so creative and like um, it, it's, it's no cookie cutter way to really get into um, this type of a, a line of work. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that aspect of, you know, continuously learning, if you're not learning anything anymore anyways, um, you know, what value are you really bringing? I think life is a, a, a journey. Always growing. <laughs> always growing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So this next round is called our rapid rounds. And it's just, you know, we spit questions at you and you answer with whatever comes to mind first. Um, so okay. the first question is you, you know, you speak a lot about good habits to have for success. Um, what would you say are the top three success habits that a person should adopt? I would say a time management system, okay. um, which could be sim- simple as the top three. Um, I would say you need to read, um, and <laughs> And have some sort of a, a morning routine. Like you need some okay. sort of yeah. something to kind of kickstart your day. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, so the next question is, what is a, or you can name some, blogs and books that you just cannot live without? Mm. Uh, according to Corey.com, that is my sister's blog, and it is literally amazing. Um, so <laughs> I couldn't live without that one. Um mm-hmm. And what book could I not live without? Um, well, I couldn't live without the Bible, but Ooh. that's very, that just got zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what about um, key resources that you use, you know, maybe in day-to-day when running your business? Ooh, Asana, Later, Zoom. Those would be my top three. Okay. Thank you for that, because <laughs> those are some, mm-hmm. the first one I hadn't even heard of, so we'll have to figure that out. Um, oh, yeah, I love it. And lastly, who is a boss girl that inspires you? Oh, geez, there's so many. I love <laughs> Melissa Butler, founder of The Lit Bar. I love Morgan DeBond, mm-hmm. founder of Blavity. I love Paulina, yes. um, Pauline, Pollyanna Reed. She is amazing. She's a celebrity ghostwriter. Um, there are so, so many um, <laughs> women that I just absolutely love. <laughs> awesome. Well, we yeah. want to thank you for joining us today. This was an amazing interview. Oh, thank you.
okay so for our millennial girl community uh we want to thank you for listening in we want to give a special thank you to our guest erin um for sharing all these amazing gems her story and her background um we will be having all of the episode information in the notes as well as erin's bio and links to her website so we thank you ladies again for joining us and can't wait to talk to you guys soon